Are we ready to rumble? <laughs> Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science is vegetarian. <gasps> Topical. What? I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Cam and Schmoopy Shearer. Hi, N-B-A-N-E. And Christopher T. Bag Gibson. Good results, BA. Good reviewers, comments, Schmoopy. Schmoops, are you alright? Did you lift up your lift up your arms? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I was just taken aback. That's all. Just taken aback. Well, you know, well, you guys aren't vegetarian. Have you had a vegetarian time in your life? Uh no, no, I've eaten vegetables. <laughs> Good. I've, I've never, I've never said to myself, I'm off meat okay. for a certain period of time. I mean, I've eaten vegetarian pizza and plenty of vegetarian food, and it can be, it can, it can Stop actually be. Stop trying to like be all inclusive and just it, say that it, yeah. it can be pleasant. Schmoopster, you are a little bit vegetarian, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I've had a, a few months of being a vegetarian in the past. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, meat's quite nice. It is. Absolutely. It smells nice. Um, would science, therefore, be a vegetarian? I think right now, science would be a vegetarian. <gasps> oh, why? Well, I think that we are not, we are not capable yet of feeding the whole world with meat right. in a sustainable manner, and so therefore, science suggests that we should feed everyone equally, yeah. and that means we would have to eat vegetables. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Interesting point of view, and yet wrong. (laughs) Why? Wrong. Because meat is packed with protein and it's energy dense, and science needs energy. No, but the most. What's the most energy dense material? Food. That's my. uh, (laughs) That's that's that sandwich I came up with. Yeah. Was there any meat in that? No, there wasn't. So it was mostly nut butter, wasn't it? Nuts. Nuts and but legumes. What we don't mean semen, and <laughs> which has got protein in it. No, um, uh, and and there was a lot of sugar in there as well. Yeah, you're quite right. Uh, I don't know. I, I still think science would eat meat. Why? I, I do. I think now that my my energy energy theory is out the window, it's because it tastes nicer and it respects the food chain and it loves evolution. Oh, uh, that's good. All right. I think uh, that science. Would only eat meat on Thursdays. What's that? Why Thursdays? Because science has got to get a bit of meat, but it understands the importance of a vegetable-based diet. But and also there's there's good vitamins and stuff in meat like iron and things like that. So that's why. Uh, And we'd like to point out this is not medical advice. Oh, we're going to do news from the week. Oh, good. Oh, oh it's coming out. There it is. <laughs> you thought I was going to do it. You look so... I was hoping. I was hoping. Praying to a non-existent Jesus that, um, <laughs> that you wouldn't do it. Well, oh, I did a little one. existent Jesus. Yeah, pray to an existent Jesus next time. <laughs> it might work. might work. So, news from me is that I have got a new video up on Australia Science Channel, one with many angle 
uh, many different scenes in the first minute. Smoopy, you had yes. feedback about that. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. It's a little bit disconcerting about how quickly you jump around the campus at the University of Adelaide. Are you worried? While explaining something. Yeah. Are you worried about my health? Are you worried about my ability to be. Are you worried that I'm outside for too long? Because it was a hot day. I don't want to get burnt. Yeah, uh, I was I was happy that you were in the shade mostly, yeah. I believe, but there yeah. might have been a, a cinematography reason for that. So the, what, were there a lot of quick cuts, was there? A lot, lot of quick cuts, um, but the overall thing about the, the, the video was about which cut fills first, the viral videos of 2017. You, do you know about them? Are you on Facebook? No. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I don't God. Know what you're talking about. This is a whole different world. <laughs> we haven't got time. This is a whole podcast in itself. We haven't yeah, got time for yeah, this wow. shit. So, Chris, imagine a, a series of cups on oh, a wall doing it. at different heights. Yep. And then these cups are joined by pipes. Pipes. Yes. Cups joining pipes. Yep. Joined by pipes. On a wall. And then you fill up the first one, and the question is, which one fills up first? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I went and spoke to a guy with a PhD in fluid dynamics, and he talked us through the, the different things. And the answer is, it depends. It uh. depends on things, but that's what we wanted to kind of show in the video. But that's good. I think that's getting some good views. Well, that's science, isn't it? It is. So go check it out on Australia's Science Channel. Um, I believe they're YouTube. I saw thing. it on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, Australia's Science Channel. I love the tube that you. Yeah. Um, and I'm preparing for my trip to the US of A, my, oh my God. entrepreneurial when? trip in March. When is it? March. March. March 12th, I leave. I leave. I'm going to put, right, this is the thing. How was it? We get loads of downloads. Yeah. From USA, from California, from San something or other. Yep. Um, I want to see if I can meet up with those people because it's near Silicon Valley or is in Silicon Valley in California. So I'll put some fields out. I'll see what I can do. It, I'm going to turn up. I'm going to on our go like our Facebook page because I'm going to go put where I am at what time and I'll see if anyone, any of our listeners from the United States turn up. And if it doesn't, I won't mention it. Ever. If no one turns up, I'll never mention it again. Yeah. But if one person does, then we've got a best friend forever. I want to hear about it no matter what. <laughs> you really think you'll remember to ask him when he comes back? No. no I won't remember. It's not his. Uh, anyway, so that's it. So everything's <laughs> kicking off. New Year's looking great. I got paid as well. Everything's, whoa. Yeah. whoa. Everything's turning up Andy. It is. Well done, BA. Well done. Gibbo, yeah. first of all, mm. You've got new effing glasses. Whoa, I didn't even notice. I was looking yep. at your shirt. Yep. New shirt, new glasses, new oh, gibbo. New the, the, the text on this paper is crystal clear and you are both really blurry. <laughs> and your shorts are above your knees. Yep. Fucking yep. <laughs> hell, shorts, who is this? Shirts. Now. New Year's resolutions. Oh, look at those sneakers. Yep. Yep. They yeah, match what you're wearing yeah, as well. The, the who lace, dressed you? The laces have the aglet on them still. Yep. Yep, it's all it's Aglet. all happening. Nice, nice. It's a new Aglet. year. It's a new giver. Um, so what? Oh, the glasses. Yeah. So uh, now, where did I get these glasses from? You might ask. Specsavers. No, Coles. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, are they prescription? No. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like old Coles person reading. Sells these ten dollar glasses now, <laughs> and they've got a number on the side. And you try it on and you work out which number matches your dodgy eyesight. Oh, my God. And then you God. buy them. But that assumes that both your eyes are the same, that you haven't got astigmatism. It's just... Oh, you, it makes all sorts of horrific assumptions, You've of essentially got magnifying glasses. Yep. Yep. As glasses. Yep. Um, yep. For our international listeners, what's Coles? 
Oh, Coles is like our supermarket, chain supermarket, you know. If you're in England, it's what, Marks and Spencer's or Tesco. So you went through with your weekly shop and was like... I saw him I, and I was like, you beauty. I'm going to buy some glasses and stop having to use my phone to magnify though. everything. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Ten bucks for eyesight. Well, ish. <laughs> See, mine were 160 and that was yeah. after like health insurance and stuff. Yeah, man, you're wasting your time. Oh. Wasting time and money. Yeah. Colds can sort your eyes Ten out. Bucks, yeah, they look all right as well, actually. Thank you, thank you. So, um, yeah, new glasses. That was actually a part of my news. Oh, I'm pleased. No I'm pleased need. I stepped in. Cross that off. Now, now. here we go. Paper accepted. Whoa! Again. What? Yeah. Every episode now. Every episode, Schmoopy, you're on this one. Oh. Angavanki <laughs> Kemi. Impact factor eleven point nine nine. Ooh, heavy Un- hitter. Angavanta. That's the one. That's the one. Um, so that just got accepted finally last week. Wow. Um, good on you. So What's the good. impact factor again? 11.994. That's so, 12. Yeah, that's massive. Basically 12, yeah. What a good journal. Yeah. Yep, it is an amazing journal. So well, first author? If. Uh, I am, I think I'm with you. We're in the middle of the pack. We're cheesing that one, I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure. There's, oh, big old cheese. We've got a heavy duty cheese. That's all right. You're on there, guys. I was yeah, I'm say, happy to be on there. Happy to be on there. good journal if we accept the impact factor translates to real impact have we discussed that before perhaps maybe it's a topic for the future Mm. all right anyway for the time being we'll say that it 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 means something but yeah yeah uh publisher for andy oh andy yeah it's a wiley yeah look we love wiley thanks very much wiley all expenses paid trip to melbourne which actually ended up being all expenses paid so yeah. thank you very yeah. much yeah and not it wasn't a, a dodgy a, for it wasn't dodgy i got all my kidneys yep i shared taxis with lovely academic types i oh felt like i was a i was a superstar yeah i had a different color i had right. a different color name badge mate i can't believe i'm saying this but let's get back to chris <laughs> <laughs> The sweetest oh, words I have ever heard spoken. Let me just savor that for a second. God, thank God this is recorded. I'm just going to listen back to that. Can you, put that on a, can you put that on a loop for me? I will. I will. All right. So now I'm up to 68 papers, 12 to go to get to my 80, which is the, wow. the goal for the end of the year. Ah, now, again, this includes Schmoopy, and this good news <gasps> includes you. Come on. The put paper it on titled me. Accurate Thickness Measurement of Graphene is down on the journal Nanotechnologies website <gasps> as its most cited paper. Wow. Yeah, wow. for the last couple of years. So is, it, that, is it number one? It's number one. It is number cool. one. So obviously there are papers that are much older that have got more sites. Yeah. But its most cited is based on the last couple of years. Yeah, wow. And it is top of the list. Well, Cameron, well done. That was yeah. a fantastic bit of work. How quickly did you... That was a quick turnaround from what I remember, that paper. Oh, we sent it to a couple of places first. No, no, I mean like in terms of like idea through to collect data through to that was submission. It, it took it took me a very long time to write it. I think okay. it was probably about six months in the end. Okay, but it was mostly because of me taking so long to write it. Right, right. But yeah, I mean that paper. What thirty odd citations now? Yes, thirty uh, odd citations, and not, it's already got not even reviewed at. Nano Letters, not even yep. reviewed at ACS Nano, yep. Yep. not even reviewed at Nanoscale, yep. not even yep. reviewed at wherever else we sent it, yep. JFIS Chem C or somewhere. Yep, yep, yep. Doesn't matter. It's quality work. There you go. Now, massively cited. So, as, as Smoopy said, uh, it's got over 30 sites and already got six for this year. Whoa. So, take that, other journals who said no to it. Yeah. New segment. 
T-Bone's moments of woe. Oh, no, Gibbo's got some sadness in him. Yeah, okay. So, recently, listeners, something happened that, while on the surface, does seem great, at the same time fills Falcon's heart with some woe. Oh, is this me leaving? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good No, not at all. Um, My top-sided paper in Web of Science core collection is no longer my highest-sided paper. So uh-huh. remember my greatest paper? It was my 1996 AFM cantilever oh, calibration paper. Right. The Gibson it, method. The Gibson method had a, has 180 sites. What? It has been overtaken and, and superseded by uh, another paper I was a co-author on in 2013. What? That uh, you don't have quite as much affinity for? Well, that I'm cheese on. You know, uh, cantilever calibration paper, the Gibson method, I'm first author, my yeah. idea, my experiments, my analysis. It's My you. greatest paper. And now it's been overtaken. So, so, now, so now the best thing you've ever done in science is a little bit of ramen for someone else. A little bit of AFM actually for someone else. Oh. Uh, who is it? Uh, it was an advanced materials paper. Yeah. And it was for some guys at University of Adelaide. Oh, so it's not even a Flinders? Nope. Uh, well, nope. that's... Nope. Did a little bit of imaging of some graphene. Yeah. Got my yeah. name on the paper. Great. And that paper is a... It, I have to admit it's a super cider. Yeah. It is now just overtaken. You know, I'm happy, happy for sad. those hundreds of sites because it's got 185 sites and it'll keep, yeah. keep citing like a motherfucker. But a little sad, really, that the great Gibson Method paper has just is been now relegated down. to second place. Yeah. Can we put a call out to our listeners to get that Gibson Method back to number one spot? Please do. Yeah. Please do. Or do we do we need to do a campaign to get the advanced materials paper retracted? <laughs> well, well, well no, one. no, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think I don't think that's necessary. We'll get think, your name off that advanced materials. No, 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 paper. no, no, no. I think that's I think another that's good a, option. That, that's a step too far. Yeah. It's a step too far. I'm very happy to be on that paper. Yeah. I'm very happy to to sponge up the sites. Yeah. Just a little unhappy that poor old Gibson method. I mean, it, it had to get superseded by other work, I guess. One. How day. often do you Google the Gibson method? To see if people are citing it. Well, I mean, is once an hour. <laughs> Schmoopy, how did your first week go? First two weeks, in fact, at your new fellowship job. I'm still going. Not <laughs> trailing off. It was quite good, Chris. Thank you for asking. Whoa, quite good. Yes. That's <laughs> your go-to Quite, like quite good is, is a, that's amazing then because yeah well wait, I the, do say it about everything basically. yeah well I noticed because I like when you mentioned about the video you were like oh it was quite good and I was like quite good oh yeah you weren't happy with me saying quite no, good no not quite good that's not good want, enough but you don't want me to pander to you no do you? no I, don't, I, I do want to know what's good well I, I I'm quite happy for people to pander to me so <laughs> don't ever think you shouldn't pander to and me. I do pa- pander away I am a pander so Thank what you. what. What makes a quite good week? Well, uh, so I've been now working at the University of Adelaide for eight days. Oh. So almost two weeks, isn't it? It is. Well, so I had a list of things that I wanted to get done uh, in my first week. Yep. I wrote them down. Oh, did you? Yeah. I wrote down the things that I wanted to get done or the things that you told me to get done? Oh, I didn't write down the things I told you to get done. Okay. So the things that I wanted to get done for my first week was to get all the keys and keycard access. Yes, I have that written down. Tick. Oh, that in itself is a miracle. Incredible. I wanted to start writing a grant. Uh, not really. I kind of have a, an idea. I know what grant I want to write. <laughs> yeah. So you've thought about it. So I'm not giving myself a tick for that. Okay. No, neither am I. I wanted to start synthesis. I didn't do it. Ooh. I did it the Monday just been. So I did it on my sixth day. 
The chemicals I wanted okay. weren't available. Ah, uh, um, we could almost let that slide. I can't remember why else I wrote this one down. I've got. I know. I know what it is. Okay. Well, you said something about designated space and a working computer. Ah, so I didn't mention that. No, so I have a. I have a decent space in the in the office. Oh, yeah. a, a shared office. There's just Ooh. two of us in there. It's quite large. Cool, cool. Um, but I think we'll probably have more as the year goes on. Uh, lab space is okay. Have you claimed some? I haven't claimed some. I haven't ever seen another person in a lab, <laughs> uh, but it is quite messy. Yeah. And on my first day there, I got shown to a, an empty room where there was no one working in there. There's a fume hood. There was everything I need to get going. Yeah. And then he said, my supervisor just said, okay, let's just get the keys ready to go. And then it turns out, oh no, you can't use that lab because there's no safety shelf. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder how many old labs don't have anyone in them because they don't meet modern so OHS. If that's you really see someone in there working, you mm. can walk in and go, oi, no oi safety, no shower. safety shower. Get Strip the hell out naked. Of there. Yeah. Strip naked so that if you do spill something, it's only going to go directly on your skin. So, one, one bit of Gibson advice. What? If you see space available, just, just snatch it, mm. just take it. I don't, have a, I don't have a key to get into that room. Mm. Just start putting schmoopy stuff all over it. Without you don't mean his willy. No, yeah, like no, like dirty lab coats and, everything. and uh, yeah. bits of paper. I, I'm going to try. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Good, Good on you. Good on you. Uh, oh, and you said working computer. Uh, I've been using my, my laptop, uh, which works okay, except I can't seem to access the share drive. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's so right. The, that's, the university uh, network drives. Don't work yeah. somehow on my computer. You, uh, I tell you what. So. I tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you what I'll do. For you. I'll, tell you what <laughs> oh, I'll come out for a visit and I'll see if I can sort it. <laughs> it'll, it'll be something to do with the buttons you're pushing and the, the plugs and the cords. Uh huh. Yeah. You yeah. take out a cord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can work it out. So well, I think no. I've gone just over fifty percent. Not yeah. counting. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. So the other things you guys told me to. To do, yeah. Number one is Chris. You told me to wear a headband. Um, Peacocking. I didn't wear a headband. Uh, Um, Disappointing. You told me to get into a fight in the tea room (laughs) with Um, the biggest person there. The biggest person. That's to assert dominance. That's what you do when you're in prison. It took. I don't think I saw another person in the tea room for the first week. Oh, that's sad. That makes me sad. That's easy to exert dominance then. So there's not many. Uh, Introduce yourself. Was something that's actually a good bit of advice that you said, Chris, <laughs> or maybe that was you, Andy. Probably me. Uh, I've been, I've, I have been introducing myself. I've been saying, "Hi, I'm Cameron. I'm new. Uh, <laughs> I'm new and I'm scared. I'm fresh. <laughs> I'm green. <laughs> yeah. What else should I say? Oh, uh, so I, I mean, I, no, but have you said you don't just go to someone and say, "Hi, I'm Cameron. I'm new," and then like you say, "I'm working with," or do you just walk away? Um, I the the conversation continues from there. Whatever happens naturally. All right. People don't really care who you're working with. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But they do want to know if you're a postdoc or a PhD. I don't or... think they do. I want to know. So what are you telling them after you say? <laughs> I love Cameron, sport. I'm new. I reckon that's what, what he goes to. Do you play sport? I do. I did a yeah. swish the other day. <laughs> they mostly just say, "So what do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, you said learn how to get around, Chris. That's quite a that was quite a good bit of advice. Yep, yep. Uh, I was amazed that I managed to find my way to the office because the building is very confusing. This one, it was wasn't built. I mean, it was built so long ago it wasn't ready for the future. Uh, <laughs> you mean doors, <laughs> corridors? Yeah. So it, wood brick. <laughs> and I think that every door is a smoke door. 
So every oh, yeah. door you can't see through. Yeah. Uh, oh so it's God. quite difficult to know the difference between an actual like thoroughfare and a... An uh, office. A, yeah, an So office. you could just walk into someone and be like, sorry, <laughs> this is a toilet. <laughs> All right. But I did manage to log myself in a lab. Oh, oh well done, Well mate. done. Cool. How do you do that? Were you in there so long that you had to urinate in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, I, you need you need key card, key card access to get out. Yep. Uh, at least ooh, the way. Ooh, that's dangerous. Well, oh, we, H&S. Dangerous. I could have gone outside. You could have started a fire. I could have gone outside, but I didn't want to go outside. I wanted to stay inside so that I would bump into someone who would let me into the office. Right. Okay. okay. So I could. It wasn't. Uh, so I just left everything in my office and then locked doors behind me or closed doors. They lock automatically. Yeah. So didn't quite pass the getting around test. Another week, you'll be good. Yeah, I think so. Oh, it sounded fine. Uh, that's that's all I have for the advice you guys no, gave No, no, no. I had one more bit of advice. The last thing I said was offer help to someone. Ah. You offer to help someone. Uh-huh. Did you help anyone? Um, well, that also comes with not being pushy. So I am I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of weaseling uh, <laughs> into projects. Good on you. Good Can on you me. show me how you're smiling at people? No. <laughs> <laughs> how can you got to, you got to, it's like, hey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> All right. You need so, to work hi, on I'm that, Cameron. I'm new. And then smile. That's all right. <laughs> no, no. It's a grimace. Oh, it looks lovely. It doesn't look scary at all. <laughs> Top teeth only. Yeah. Mm, Top teeth and gums. Lots of gum. Good. All, all right. right. So, I had a, a few other things. Yep. Um, so, I did manage to get access to the building in the first week. So, I ticked that one off. Tick. Uh, but I had organized that, if you remember, the year before. Oh, yeah, so I yeah, filled in yeah. all the forms, but it, it didn't start working until the Thursday, so four days after I arrived. Turns out they forgot to do it. There we go. Um, so I did my my first round of synthesis. I started on this Monday. Whoa. And Andy, one of bits of advice you say to new researchers yeah. is you'll be amazed at how much troubleshooting you do or the, the, how difficult you find the simplest things. Yeah. So I, you know, 9 a.m. in the morning, went to start my synthesis, realized I need to put something in an ice bath. Yeah. Right. Where's, Where's the ice? ice? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the ice? Where's the bath? Yeah. Where's the lab? Yeah. So Am I just allowed to take this ice? Is this drink ice? <laughs> no idea where to find ice. Yeah. Uh, no one was in uh, my lab to help me out. I have one other friend oh. in the Department of Chemistry. What's his or her name? Jing. In a different building. Good. I went and found him <laughs> and said, where's ice? Did you say, hi, I'm Cameron, my new, where's ice? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he knows me well enough. I didn't have to say that. I couldn't believe how hard and frustrating it was. And I reckon was. at this time, it's probably what, lunchtime now? So probably time for yeah. something to eat. Yeah. Yeah. So this week will be finding ice. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry, have you no, found I, ice? You found ice. I found ice. In my own building now, yep. I just need access, key access to the room. Oh, yeah, obviously. So synthesis has not begun? I did it. I did it on Monday. I oh, found, good on you. I, just without the ice. Yeah. No, I got the ice from Jing. Oh, okay. Remember? Love very good, yep. very good. Very yeah, good. Thanks, Jing. Thank, Thank you, you Jing. Yeah. He uh, sneakily let me into the lab and left the door unlocked. Ooh, oh, now he's sad. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was another bit of advice I've got to tell you. Oh, mate, Try not to get anyone sacked. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> Do you not know these rules? <laughs> All right. Uh, tea room. Chris. <laughs> yeah. 
Free milk. What the hell? What? Hang on, no, hang on, free milk. No, no coffee club. <gasps> no expectation. No, to, no expectation to put in money for milk and coffee. Wow. Well, I have to say, since the um the, the school <laughs> structure dissolved and we've gone to the college structure, we know no one's paying for coffee or milk. <laughs> Uh, at Flinders either at the moment. What so a good protest. That might change, yeah. But anyway, that's um, yeah, that's great. So that's the, great. That's so that's no the problem. way it'll always be there, no matter what. I expect so. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. the group I'm in, they have a Nespresso machine. Oh, oh my so, God. Oh, Lordy. So good. I've got to bought myself some pods. No, they kill the world. You need to buy the reusable ones. So the how do the the pods are they? It's literally like buying There's, uranium and throwing it down. It the really is. It's throats like, of baby seals. Yeah, yeah. It's like taking <laughs> something you love yep. that everyone else really loves, like a baby elephant, and killing it, and emptying its insides out and filling it with plastic pods. Well, well done, Wait, Cameron. So well the, done. The, these pods are aluminium. Yeah, and the aluminium is one hundred percent recyclable. Only if you put it in a recycling thing, which I will promise. Yes. Cross your heart and hope to die. Ha ha, SJ Warrior. He got you there. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> take that, gre- take that, Greenie. <laughs> Social Justice Warrior. <laughs> uh, well done, Cameron. Thank you. And maybe listeners to the show might remember, I have an adjunct status at Flinders University. Ooh, yep, yes. you do. So I am a dual citizen of Flinders oh. University and University of Adelaide, and I use it to very good esteem. Plus, no one of actually has recognised that I've left. Um, uh, yeah, a lot so, of people uh, still wonder where you are. <laughs> I needed to drive my car into University of Adelaide. Car parking permits very expensive. Mm. Flinders University School has some car parking permits that they let out to staff members. Uh, I walk into the office, ask for a car park permit, and they gave me one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God, well what, a, what a hack. <laughs> so, so can I, Uni hack. So one thing I say, when you found out that there was free milk in the tea room, did you just like drag cartons of it and <laughs> douse yourself in it and guzzle straight well, from there? There are some rules written. You aren't oh. allowed to. It's, Ooh, it's passive for coffee, aggressive. For coffee only, oh. not for latte style coffee. <laughs> what about milkshakes? <laughs> not for cereal. That's excellent. And you can't take the milk to your personal fridge. Oh. No latte style coffees. Yeah. No, oh, no, no guzzling or pouring over yourself. <laughs> it didn't uh. say that. <laughs> no cereal. <laughs> no cereal. Yeah. You rock up with a bucket of cereal. Look, 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 Very good. Very good. That was my week. That's it. Well, okay. it sounds like a lovely week, and That's we hope of, you make more friends. What a great news there. Thanks. It's time for Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Oh, that was so good. Normally I did the second one. Sorry. Oh, he jumped in. (laughs) Premature Chris. You're getting known for that. Yeah. (laughs) So our topic for the day is how do we form, we as in scientists. Yeah. Well, more like we is in us three. We yeah, actually, in, that's what I was... Well, we're scientists. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like me, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. How I know does, you were. Yeah. <laughs> How do we, including Gibbo, form opinions in areas of science outside our expertise? Yeah. Tease. In brackets. I.E. I.E. Go on. Is climate change real? Yeah. So yeah. we do. I get asked that 
quite a lot with people expecting me to have a, an informed opinion. Yeah. yeah. So let me lead with this. Say it. Do people look at you as a scientist as their moral compass for all things science? I think people expect you to have a decent opinion on nearly anything to do with science. You reckon? Or at least know something. I think how, they do. How often in your life has someone kind of looked at you and gone, what do you think? You must know about when this. I, when I finished my physics degree, I, I got a lot of questions from my old high school mates was, so uh, could you build an atomic bomb? And my answer was always, absolutely. Yeah. With the right funding? With the right funding and the right amount of knowledge and the right technology and with someone to help me? Absolutely. Good. Good on you. What about you, Cameron? You said that you, you alluded yeah. to that. Yeah, it happens quite a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, science-based things come up in the news quite often. Yep. Yeah. Um, and there might be a group of six people chatting and I would get asked my opinion on something even yeah. if uh, because of my relationship to science. Yeah. Um, and, of course, because they like speaking to me in general. No, no. They, yeah, <laughs> just in between you reading the rules for whatever your game you're playing. They find you really witty and pithy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Stop yeah. saying pithy. Um, how often do you just take a punt at... at kind of like forming an opinion on the go and how often do you really know the answer oh, oh well i mean i'm i'm I, 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 I at least always trying to make out like i know what i'm talking about yeah at the very least um yeah. so yeah i mean a lot of the times i am i am sometimes making educated guesses <laughs> yeah and and I, I had to really the reason i wanted to bring up this was was climate change was a good example uh, like i have an opinion on it right yeah, but I'm not really sure what it's actually based on. It's not based on. I haven't read scientific papers in the area. Yeah, to really form an opinion, it's based on I don't know documentaries I've watched, TV shows I've watched, clips I've watched on YouTube, the, Wikipedia. They're, they're available to everyone. Exactly, they're not, they're not yeah. just exactly. available to scientists. Exactly. So, so my knowledge, my knowledge base, where I'm getting my information from, is the same as pretty well anyone else. Cameron, if you're not reading the papers in that field, how do you know what you're saying is right? Uh, well, I don't exactly, uh, but I, I think that um, we do have a different starting point uh, for something. So, say if we did start reading a Wikipedia article, we might not need to look up like. What's carbon dioxide? Yeah, like we, we would have like this base um, to to jump off from or yep. to, to move up from, and so uh, we would probably understand. I think we'd understand those articles better yep. than the regular person, even though it's um, available to everybody. Mm. Um, remind me again what you asked. Uh, oh, I can't even remember. Oh, you don't have that one written down? <laughs> no. Ah, uh, damn it! Sorry. I was, I was, I was. It was going... something like that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and how, um, how confident am I with my answer? Yeah. Um, I think generally, um, I would probably be guessing probably eighty percent of the time, mm. um, with some confidence. And the worst thing is when I begin with my eighty percent of being wrong, but I'm saying it confidently. And then as the conversation continues, I change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sort of pray no one remembers what you said initially. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. I, yeah. or I somehow weave it into a, yeah. uh, a story to, to fix it. Uh, it really depends on the, on the topic. If it's, if it's something in an area of science that I've studied or I'm pretty familiar with, then I can say things with confidence. Yeah. But if it's something outside of it, 
long way outside of it. And climate change is one of those. It's a big, important topic. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is I think what science does give you, the training in science gives you, is that you, you do understand that there are, there are different arguments to make. And just because a lot of people might say something is one way, that doesn't necessarily mean it is. And so it has to be based on evidence. Hmm. And, and with climate change, like when I think about it myself, it's just a mishmash of stuff I've heard in different – I know that you know carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, so it warms the atmosphere. Um, and I know that fossil fuels produce that. Animal livestock produce methane, which is much worse than carbon dioxide. But there are negative – there are arguments against it. And I don't know enough about the modelling or anything like that for the climate. I don't know mm. anything about that really. So I don't know what the time scale is. I don't know what the, the current um, scientific consensus is on how long it will take. And mm. so, when, so one, of, one of the consequences would be we have a rise in temperature. The ocean temperature rises. Yes, that's, yep. that's the idea. Yep. Therefore, we get um, rises in the sea level. And then what happens after that? Yeah, and then you've got the acidification of the oceans and all that sort of Acidification, yeah. and that's because of more evaporation? Um, it's more carbon dioxide is absorbed into the okay. water. So what this, I mean, there's a whole range. I mean, this is one specific There are a lot of thing, theories right? about what, what climate change will do. Yeah, so th that's one specific example. But tell me then if you're just getting your information from documentaries and like... And just not like not going into the the details with the papers. Mm -hmm. Tell me how in an, in an ideal world would you, as a scientist, go out and form those opinions? We would go to the papers and go to textbooks. Yeah, um, I think that we uh, have to we have a bit more faith in the peer review process than yeah. what the public yeah. does. Right. As much as we complain about the peer review process on the like, this podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there is a much heavier weight of evidence under peer review for some certain uh, controversial topics such as climate change. Yeah. And I think that we kind of just have this more better knowledge of how like that's important. Yeah. Whereas the general public wouldn't. They would. They really would weight a website the same as they would weight a, a journal article. Yeah, they yeah, might consider yeah. you just sent your letter in, it gets published, and then wow, it's like it's like writing to a newspaper or yeah. something like that. I mean, so that would be like an ideal world. What about speaking to scientists or like I guess as a scientist, you have a respect for climate scientists. Mm -hmm. You, it would be weird if they came to you and said the chemistry you're doing is shit. It doesn't work, and you're lying to me about it. Mm -hmm. So you would never say that to the scientist. I might think it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So how how important is it from uh, to get, I guess, comments from the scientists, like out in the media, out in like I don't know, populate like normal yeah. population. Like how, I don't see that as often. The problem is that the scientists display too much doubt. In what they're saying, whereas the the sure. opposition don't express any doubt, um, yeah, and then that comes across wrong. And I think that a scientist might not want to express doubt and then be responsible for the public not having confidence in their answers. Mm. So there's so these 
people who are true climate scientists don't want to be the spokesperson. Mm. So then it falls to other people who are more like science communicators, like, um, is it Suzuki? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the Canadian guy who seems mm. to have taken up that mantle. And I think that uh, the public also, the public see a person talking on TV and their name says doctor, whatever. Like the climate skeptics are mostly doctors of some form as yeah. well. And so the person watching the television can't differentiate between a person who's actively researching in the lab yep. and the person who has has just made some opinions, hasn't done so much research to back up their information. Yeah. Um, so I don't think the media really portrays the scientists in the way that they would want to then put themselves out there. Yeah, I that's think, true. I, but I, I know a lot more about the reasons for climate change than I do against climate change. So one, one thing I would like to know is or see more developed are those sceptics, what exactly are their arguments? Because that's part of science is you need to hear both sides of the story and then, and then each side has to come in with the evidence they've got. Yeah. And that's why probably some... I'd love to see some major debates. But if we do have debates on whatever sort of subject, I think in the end they end up being bad for science because science isn't something you debate. Like Cameron said, like there's the kind of thing where there's with everything you say there's a caveat or there's a certain level of uncertainty or and that doesn't normally go down well in a debate or it takes up so much time in a, in a debate that kind of muddies the answer but there's also this thing called the gish gallop What's have you that? heard of that it's no. where someone with who's not relying on evidence can chuck out five just facts that are rubbish mm. five made up bollocks but the person with facts on their side then has to tackle each one of those things but then just runs out of time like so it's like all right your first point was this this is wrong because and this okay. your second point and then by the time that they've dealt with those two this other person said another six things which is completely wrong so um i think having that kind of debate forum for big topics i just don't see any other way to get the public engaged because the, the general public is not going to go away and read a whole bunch of science articles on but different nor have topics. we no, but but you know, if you really, really wanted to get into it, you potentially could. Well, you so could. that's the thing. I mean, I guess this comes down to like the science communication aspect, which is the journal, like we have got the capability of going to a primary journal and reading at least the abstract yeah. and forming an opinion on, on that, um, whereas the general public potentially would But how can we form an opinion on any topic outside of our area without hearing from the experts? That's the only way to really do it. So, I mean, I, I think you're right about a debate, but maybe what we need is a different kind of debate, a debate where people put forward ideas and then they're gone away and checked. Yeah. So it would be a, a very long-form debate. It's not something you could do in a city hall or something But that's the scientific that. process with your suggestion. Exactly. Like someone says, I don't think the climate's changing. You go, it is because look at all this data. But you wouldn't do it, at, you know, you wouldn't do it over the course of, you know, 10 or 20 years in scientific papers and yeah. waiting for peer review or something like that. I'm talking about, I guess, an abbreviated version of that that the public could maybe engage with. Do you think that would be fun for them though? Well, at least if it was there, if the information was there, if the, if the, if cogent arguments could at least be looked up back and forth, then then maybe people could form better so opinions that, on things. So there's this thing that like the deficit model of, of science communication where the assumption is that if the, the reason people think about things in a wrong way or have got the wrong information is because they lack the information to make an informed opinion. Hmm. But especially with the internet and the ability of an access to information, 
that's completely not true. Like just giving people information just doesn't work as a process of, of getting So how can anyone form an opinion on anything scientific? So well, what opinions? Opinions are easy. Uh, yeah. Well, well, all right. Well, how can anyone form uh, not an opinion, something that's actually based somewhere in fact? Yeah, and so what people are saying is that to, to properly change people's opinion and to have them in, uh, sort of consider the scientific point of view is to actually have them engage to a point where they're almost doing the science themselves. Like they won't be able to go out and I don't know. They could help collect data from a mm-hmm. weather vein, yeah, but they can't you know, analyze the data. But that small act of going out and measuring, I don't know, temperature for mm. a month. That's means a lot of work. It's a lot of work. No, Absolutely. Like- we, 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 need, we need a different <laughs> forum to be able to disseminate the information and to get people to make their own opinions on it. Yeah. It's a, a completely new way of doing it. And I, I take your argument that normal debates and things like that have their weaknesses because you can get a, a, a skeptic on the wrong side of science if they're a good talker and a good, good bullshitter, they'll mm. convince a lot of people. I think Wikipedia does okay because that yeah. is that is peer-reviewed yep. uh, and that is generally a digestible form of information. Actually, we could have started this segment by saying, how do you form opinions? Wikipedia. I like, actually really? have Wikipedia written down here. Yeah. Yeah. I do go to Wikipedia a lot, I guess. I, it's, and have you ever given it money? Never. Nope. I've given it three dollars oh, once. For you. And I think you're saying hang on, I do us, think I'm better you? than you. But they won't fucking leave me alone now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now they're like, yeah. if everyone that gave money now give more money, oh. we wouldn't have to ask for money again. I'm like, you liars! You'd always mm. ask me for money. Um, but yeah, Wikipedia, you're right, is kind of that peer-reviewed. It's still quite technical, but it's not bogged down. It's like I mean, it's an encyclopedia. It's, mm-hmm. it's meant to be a sort of vault of yeah. information. I mean, it's not completely. Um, Foolproof, of course. There's been no. mistakes, but but they will be fixed eventually. Yeah, yeah. I saw the plot to a movie that was completely wrong. Did you change it? No. Come on, mate. If you're not ba- if you're not pu- uh, buying it, you go paying for it. You no, gotta help no, it no, out. no, 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 no. Didn't have time. Was too busy. Come on, come so, on. Uh, but there's also, I think that the uh, like, it's, there's just changing the education system. So it's the, it's a very long, long plan. Yeah. But I, I mean, I had classes based on climate change in primary school yeah um and so that's that's another way to if you want to educate the public yeah or or give them information is to just add it to the curriculum of schools was it just assumed that climate change is happening or did you get arguments from both sides saying that it wasn't happening and and no it was a it was a description of the enhanced greenhouse effect okay okay because some some scientific issues can become political Mm. Almost ideological. So if you're on the on the left side of the of the political aisle, you believe a certain kind of science. If you're on the right side or conservative side, you'll believe another kind of science. But I don't. That's not a belief in science. That's a self self um, looking after yourself thing. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> um, but we're going. We we want to be looking at how we form opinions, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so anti-vax, I just I thought of another yeah. the anti-vaccination movement. Yeah. I don't think there's any information. Well, no one's really particularly studied uh, that it, that vaccines don't cause autism, mm-hmm. have they? They've just looked at vaccines and yeah. and there's just no report. All, all all my my opinion or where I come down on that is based entirely on what I've seen on the television and heard on the radio. I and it's experts telling me 
that it's no problem. So yeah. I believe them. And if they're credited scientists, then yeah. I, I do tend to believe them. I think but they're normally doctors. I think doctors are a lot more vocal than scientists. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that yeah, medical doctors. And if they're saying that no, there's no problem, then I, I do tend to believe them. Yeah. And it's that kind of like appealing to authority, right? Which is this person has spent their entire life doing this. I should definitely listen to them. Well, yeah. But a, a doctor has like a vested interest. Like really, I've, I've been vaccinated people my whole career. I hope, <laughs> <laughs> but, I hope it's okay. We have to have some confidence in people's expertise. Like you don't get on a plane and say, you know, someone says to you, I can fly this fucking plane better than this bloke. You don't suddenly go, all right, mate, yeah, yeah, get up there and do it. You have confidence in the expertise of your pilot. Yeah. We have to sort of do that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Mm. But we have to have confidence in people who've studied things for most of their life. And when they give us, a, we hope, a dispassionate, um, not opinion, but um, fact-based uh, decision, mm. we have to kind of trust it. And I think what this conversation has highlighted is that the only things that we get asked about are those really controversial type or yeah. big topics. Like, what do you think about, yeah, vaccines? What do you think mm-hmm. about climate change? Uh, yeah. What do you think about psychic powers? Yeah. What, all the things which fall into, I guess, the skeptical movement. And being a scientist, I think you do kind of lean towards like the skeptical movement um, some of it's easy some of it you can just say well, well where's the evidence you know? yeah most yeah. Of, yeah the ones with which have peer-reviewed evidence behind them are the yeah. ones that we even we, if we yeah. haven't read the papers yeah. or looked at the methodology the ones with that behind them we are yeah. going to lean towards that obviously yeah. yeah and so scientists obviously get it wrong mm-hmm. but i think it's a massive weakness of scientists that it's hard to say i was completely wrong yeah and so have you ever been in a situation where, I don't know, you've had to double back? Or I mean, Cameron, you were saying before, sometimes when you're all in yeah, I'll, on your I'll, knowledge. I'll start confidently explaining something one way, realize halfway through that I disagree with myself <laughs> and, and change my That's mind. That's easy done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it happens so often that I can't think of a specific example. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I heard someone say, uh, so it, was, it, was, it was along the lines of like, you know, scientists are human beings and we're fallible. Yeah. But it's the methodology is what you've got to trust. Sure. The scientific method you have to trust. Human scientists aren't better human beings than other people. Well. We're fallible. Well, maybe. Yeah. But but so for example, you could have a scientist who has invested a huge amount of their career in some particular theory. Yeah. And evidence is coming out to prove that that theory is wrong. Yeah. They're probably going to fight against it, and hard, and maybe even you know detract against really really good science simply because it's their career on the line. But the whole overarching method irons that out. Mm. And yeah, well, the science, evidence wins. In that's the right. Science but there's still is, some psychology behind it. There well. is definitely. Yeah. There has to be. You know, there is. There is psychology behind mm. behind scientists because we're human. Hopefully, if you're a scientist, you'll fall on the side of science. Yeah. A normal person would probably struggle mm. Mm. with looking at all of the data as opposed to um, the cherry-picked stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, they just follow. Is a confirmation bias as well. You, you're looking for things that that suit what you already think. Before. Yeah. So yeah, I had to bring up climate science again, but I think it's a great example because if you love your massive car and you love burning fossil fuels, you're obviously going to be you're going to be somewhat of a climate skeptic because you know climate science is saying you know 
You can't you can't drive your V8 anymore. Oh what? Yeah. I so bought a tank. There's, I bought a there's Hummer. A, I, I understand why there's a natural tendency for some people to go, well, fuck it. You know, I want to, I'm going to be a climate skeptic no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Makes them feel less guilty about doing some things. In their I, I, I like do eating, that all the time. Like eating meat. Like I, eating meat. I don't. I mean, I, I, I look, I look online and and watch things that c- that confirm the fact that eating meat's good for me and that and things like that. <laughs> and so when I see things that go eating meat, it's not good for the environment. I tend to click away very quickly. Yeah. So what I'm trying my best to do. Especially when, because you know, I'm getting most of my information from the internet now. I am trying to look at the other side of arguments now, even if it's making me feel uncomfortable. Mm. So, when are you going to become a vegetarian hippie? <sighs> Never, because I hate hippies so much. <laughs> but they might have a point on a few things. Yeah, they might like have dr- a point. Like just because I hate hippies doesn't mean they don't have some good points on some stuff. Dreadlocks, and that's what I'm trying. Not, not dreadlocks. So and that's what I'm trying to to be a bit more a bit fairer these days in in listening to both arguments. Yeah. I got asked a question the other day for for me to form an opinion on Ooh. and I'd like to hear what you, what you guys Ooh, can That's um, good. apply to this. Let's do it. So, they know that I uh, have a degree in chemistry. Yeah. They asked, "Can you make an undetectable form of cocaine?" Oh, well, no, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> So with cocaine, you either detect cocaine mm-hmm. or you detect a byproduct from the body, like a breakdown, the, the, a chemical that the body's broken cocaine down into. Oh, so I, I, th- I think they were thinking about like cocaine for transport, oh, okay, not, not like cocaine the, in the body. So not detecting it like after usage. But yeah. Do they realise what a massive thing they're asking? Yeah, if well, you that's could, the thing. If like, you could do that, then... Um, there are... <laughs> There's be fairly millions infamous. of dollars working on, but once again, sure, you could turn it a little bit so that it, but then it wouldn't be cocaine. It would be cocaine yeah. and something. Perhaps if you had some way of transforming it into something that isn't detected as cocaine, and then something, some way of easily transforming it back. Yeah, you know, then then maybe that's a way of doing it. Now, what is that transformation process? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So it's kind of like so cocaine is a specific molecule. Yeah. So if if you transported it as like some building blocks towards that molecule yeah. that yeah. that weren't picked up, the and then somehow it uh, it was simply joined together to make yeah. cocaine again. Mm. Yeah, um, probably impossible. Some kind of shake, shake it in shake the molecule, shake in the molecule, <laughs> so come together. You, you have to apply some kind of energy to get those bonds to reassemble. Yeah, you shake it. You shake it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or apply a little bit of heat. Put it in your bum. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, so, anyway, did, did so they accept your answer? Well, I actually said it wasn't possible because the because cocaine is a specific molecule, and, yeah. and um, mm. that's what they're looking for. So, mm. I just thought of that other one now. Yeah, good. That was a good one. Good on you. Our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And this week, the activity is cooking a barbecue. Yes. Cooking a barbie. Cooking a good old barbie. And this is inspired because we've got Australia Day coming up. Yeah, Friday. Friday is Australia Day. Today is Wednesday the 24th. Yeah. And... It's very traditional to have a good old barbie, isn't it? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Everyone has barbie. Yeah. It's too hot this lamb. Friday, though. Lamb, isn't it? Lamb's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what the really? lamb. That's what the lamb advertisement. That's what the lamb people say, say, but it's not true. That's what big lamb says. Big lamb. <laughs> um, all right. So the one thing about barbecues that struck me. So I, I'm. Oh, so you're doing your one now, are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm doing you, it. You I'm started. doing it. I've started. This is okay. it. It's begun. This is it. We're in the middle of it. When I came to Australia, see barbecues in the UK are something you do in between showers at summertime and you never really have a good time. I don't think I've ever been to a barbecue where it was like the barbecue was cooked, it was prepared, cooked and enjoyed all just nicely without rain. And also... In I was the, confused by that. When you said showers, I actually thought you meant washing like yourself. Washing. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't shower. <laughs> we don't shower we in the UK. Outside. Yeah, we just go outside, get drizzle on us. Um, but here, barbecues are so common mm. that you have them outside of hardware stores. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For no reason. Oh, is that strange? What? Why would you? Yes, it's like, are you a hardware store uh-huh. or are you a... Village fate. A sausage. A sausage. Yeah. So that that going to Bunnings, uh, which is the hardware store here, and going in, I was like, my science this should be about whether or not the presence of the barbecue improves sales. Oh, oh, I like this. Okay. Because think about when you're going shopping, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Maybe you're a bit hungry. Mm Hmm. Most you of need time. to go in, and you need to go in. Yeah, just just baseline hungry. Um, you need to go in and make decisions. What's not good to make decisions on? An empty stomach, right? You get annoyed, frustrated. It you is. end up right. Yeah. So I'm going to take a Bunnings with and without a sausage sizzle, mm-hmm. which is the Australian term for wrapping a really cheap sausage mm-hmm. in. A bit of white bread and yes. charging two dollars fifty for it. Yes. Yeah. You only want to do two bunnings? What about ten? Or maybe a hundred? I'm gonna do a hundred. <laughs> fifty of them <laughs> are gonna yeah. No, you've got to make it statistically <laughs> significant, haven't we? You've got to get that P value up. Thank God. So we're gonna take two bunnings. One of them is gonna have a slush sizzle, the other one's not. And we're gonna monitor to see if the if the amount of sales goes up. But also, and I think this is the most important thing, returns. Because if you've got a sausage in your uh, belly, you're probably going to spend, you're not rushing out, you're probably not hangry, which mm-hmm. is hungry, angry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're probably going to think about your purchase a little bit more. It's not going to be rushed. And I think that's where it's going to have the biggest impact. What about when you eat, you get sleepy? So you're shopping while you're sleepy and yeah. then you just want to go home and go to bed. Because that's what happens to me. But I think you get sleepy because you eat like 20 sausages. Ah. So, yeah, one sausage I think is the perfect pick-me-up. Okay, all right. I'm limiting them. One sausage. One sausage per, per customer. Yeah. Now, I think think the, the demographic going into Bunnings, this would work, right? This would work because they're like tradies and DIYers and yeah, maybe, going maybe, in. Maybe. They're not hangry. They're making the right decision. So what I want to find out is after I've done and did it with we've done it with Bunnings, I want to do it at Mothercare, which is a child product store. Oh, okay. Right? I want to do it at Pet Barn mm-hmm. to see if all the pets go, oh yeah. yeah. I, I like want to sausage. Yeah. And I want to make sure like uh 
does the smell, because the thing about Bunnings is the smell, the meaty smell and hardware products goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to meet, and dog products, meaty smell, great dog products, right? (laughs) But you probably don't want your thousand thread Egyptian cotton sheets smelling like barbecued meat. My partner always says to me, no barbecue in the bedroom. Really? No, she's never said that. Both of you look really confused. She's trying to work out that's a euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) It has to mean something sexual. This is you speaking. Absolutely. Thank you for saying I'm sexual. And so what do you think the upshot of this experiment would be, these experiments? Uh, I feel like for my hypothesis, oh, haven't haven't lost it. Haven't lost it. Thank you. Is that uh, returns would reduce, like I said, and that if you were searching for kind of like fancy products, like, I don't know, perfume or popcorn. Flowers. Yeah. Flowers, it wouldn't work. Potpourri. Croutons. Yeah, who? Croutons. (laughs) I'll have some croutons. Yeah, some nice homeware, maybe, wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And. When we find out... Buttresses. What's a buttress? I'm not sure. It sounds like the kind of thing we were talking about. <laughs> good on you. Skirting boards. Keep going. Sorry, sorry. Guns would be a good one. I feel like guns and a barbecue. That oh, would no, that would go well. Yeah. That go. would go very well. Yeah. yeah. So a gun store would do really well. Yeah. And alcohol. So what we're doing at the end is we're finding out, we're finding out all these things. And if the barbecue makes the shopping experience better it's going to be be obligatory to have at least five sausages in your mouth (laughs) in one go before Uh entering the store and then you chew as you're going around so you're like put put five sausages in Uh and then as you walk in you just slowly chew on the delicious sausageness and it makes the shopping experience better okay whoa any, do you think that's a bit much? Nope. Five is okay. a lot. Five. You mean like five frank foods? Hang on, how many, five, how many sausages can you get in your mouth? Probably just one, I'd say. Rude. All and right. You have to have sauce as well. Sauce. Yeah, you spray And bread sauce. too. You can't just you can't just shove the, the sausage on its own. It's got to be wrapped in bread. It is a sausage sizzle after all. It is a sausage. You're absolutely right. So you're going to jam bread in the gaps mm. of the sausages and that's it. So it's going to be a lovely sausage improvement All to right. the shopping experience. Well, I think it would be good to know how how much that sausage sizzle does improve sales. Yeah, I think it would. Because if you do go in and you spend like the $2.50 for a sausage at the beginning, are you then more likely, because you've already spent some money, mm. to spend more? Actually, that's true. In marketing, they call that having an open wallet. So mm. if you just have a little bit of a spend, when you approach them for a second amount of money, they're more likely. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, really? Because yeah. I don't think Bunnings actually run... Well, I'm quite sure Bunnings doesn't actually run those sausage chisels. No, they're they're um, sporting clubs and other yeah. charities who are running yeah. those. It's to help the local community, I think. Yeah. Has it always been two, $2.50? Because that's been the, the go-to rate while <laughs> I've been I've here. Since I've been in Adelaide, that yeah. has been Since the I've been I've in paid. Australia, I think it's been $2.50. Very rarely. If I walk past a Bunnings, I'm yeah. in there. Yeah. I'm straight away. With $20. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I haven't checked the prices recently, uh, but I think the stock market for sausages and bread have remained pretty steady yeah. for 10 years. It's fairly stable. I mean, yeah. it doesn't work for me. I go in, I pile in, then I'm just ready to go home and have a nap. So yeah. It often screws up my shopping experience <laughs> and a smell of mustard afterwards anyway. So, uh, all right. 
Well done. done. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Schmoopster. Cameroon. All right. So let's do it. Mine is all about cooking meat perfectly. Oh, oh good. I had a feeling it might be this. Because if you don't cook the meat perfectly, something's not right with your barbecue. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, okay. We did talk about this a little bit quickly actually last episode yeah. with oh, the, yeah. with the yeah. dinner. Yep, yep. Uh, and I think once we had a barbecue at Andy's place, or maybe Andy <gasps> had a barbecue and we happened to be there. Mm, that's possible. And uh, Chris, you were really anal about the sausages. <laughs> Was oh, like, you yeah, really yeah, wanted them yeah. cooked? Yeah. yeah. When you did were you like, come over to mine? You were like, they are not cooked. And I said, yes, they are. And then you said, no, just give them another 25 minutes. <laughs> They're chicken. Uh, Chris, You've got to cook the chicken. Oh, chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chicken. I am paranoid about chicken. Now, you're paranoid about a lot of things. I am. Yeah. Chicken's so, one of them. <laughs> there's a like so uh, meat. Different meats are cooked at different temperatures. Ooh. And so professional mm. chefs would stick a little thermometer in yeah. to see like uh, what level of cooked um, the the meat is. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so from that, I got the idea of maybe like some kind of thermal imaging. Uh, goggles yeah. that you could wear to see the temperature of the meat, uh, but that's quite similar to what I said many episodes ago <laughs> when we were looking for whales. Yes, so I yes. wanted to think of something else. Oh, you want to cook whales now? <laughs> what the hell? Delicious whale meat. <laughs> well, uh, whales are warm, and and so you can see them with a oh, the thermal imaging yep, camera. Sorry. Yep, so, yep. so so you could get <laughs> goggles, IR goggles, uh, to tell you exactly what temperature your meat is at. Um, but it would have probably. Uh, mostly say the service temperature, but you really want to know the inside temperature. Yeah. yeah. So how are you gonna do that? The way that I tell how cooked meat is is I use a finger pressure test. Yeah. And so this isn't very good for the podcast, but there are three. There are two different ways that I tell how cooked something is. The one is I compare how soft the meat is when I press it to the end of my nose. Oh Jesus. That's I'm well never done. Never eating food you're cooking in a no, barbecue. That's, that's medium. Now I know. Your that hang on, you've, your you've, nose. My nose is quite poiky. Oh. Like, <laughs> have we got different. Have yeah. We got different cooked noses. We must. Yeah. Wait, wait. You, you're still. I'm still trying to get past the fact that he's going to touch the meat and then touch his nose and then his touch the meat again. Nose, nose juice and finger juice <laughs> all <laughs> over the meat. That's right. Are you happy with it. that? It kills germs. Ugh. All right. So. Yeah, okay. you press nose. your nose and yep. that's medium. Medium. You press your chin, that's well done. Chin juice. My nose is harder than my. Is it? Yeah. Chin juice on All right. the fucking And then meat. your cheek is uh, rare. Oh, uh, yeah. So you, you touch the meat and you compare it. You want it somewhere around your Just nose. Just grab the meat yeah. and rub your face all <laughs> over it. So the other option is I'm not quite sure how to explain this, that the little. Uh, Flabby bit between your thumb and your index finger. No, I thought it was. The oh no, pad yeah, you're of your right. Thumb. Yeah, so you touch your thumb to your little finger. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's right. Your, your your thumb pad. Yeah. And you're either touching it to your little finger or your your middle middle finger that's, or actually, your no, it's index called a fleshstrum. 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 Oh, gross. Yeah, so that one, I, I prefer the face more, but maybe your germaphobes <laughs> like Gibson. I don't want to. This is none of this is good. None of this is So good. what I like to do is to test if the meat's done is oh. I touch my anus oh. and that's medium. Oh. Then I touch the... Is that, the touch your taint. Is that going for warmth? Yeah. Oh, for so <laughs> I've got to make sure that it goes to the first knuckle and then I put my then I put my finger in the meat 
<laughs> and then I see say, if it's the same temperature. See if it's the same temperature, and I go medium. <laughs> and then if I want it well done, I put it to the third knuckle. And I go. All right, can I take over now? <laughs> no. I, think, I think you've had enough. Third knuckle. So I mean, how would science tell not that. about how hard something can be pressed into cantilevers? <gasps> Oh, my God. <laughs> this could be the greatest science test that's ever been done. Nano indentation. So, it's AFM. Oh, AFM yeah. is... This is it. Oh, look, Gibbo's actually The hot. determining of pressure on a surface yep. uh, with very high accuracy. Are you using a macroscopic cantilever? Uh, you bet I am. Oh. So, <laughs> Even better. <laughs> I've got. I'm gonna make a little attachment to my cooking area. Yeah. Which then, from that, can reach across Ooh, uh, yeah. stably, yeah. Uh, indent into my meat. Yeah. And it comes back to me with a what pressure was required oh. to indent a certain depth. There yeah. you go. And you then you look up on your little chart, or it, I'm sure you don't have to look up your chart. The computer <laughs> will tell you, you know. Uh, your, your, your steak is, is well done. Yeah. Your, or your app. Yeah. Oh. Which stands for? <laughs> Application. Yeah, well done, Chris. Yeah, so uh, that's exactly... And then uh, so you've got steaks, you've got all the meats in there, little AFM comes across, pushes oh. into it, sees how, how flexible it is, bang, you tell how cooked it is. Bang. Silencing wow. food. Wow. Barbecue. You you managed to resurrect that quite well. <laughs> I'll give you that, Schmoopy. From rubbing your face and... Andy's taint with meat to using the AFM to determine temperature. I love it. I love it. How well cooked meat is. How well cooked meat is. Well done. And that's it. You're done? Uh, well done. Ah. <laughs> Medium rare. Ah. No. That's it. Boom. Shmoopy's finished. Well done, okay. Shmoops. That was excellent. Well very done. Very good. Very good. Still both bordering on mediocre. Oh, come on. That was great. Um, let's get to the pointy end of this. So... Falcon, organising the great barbecue. Now, in my definition of great, I would also include the term, say, classic. The classic? The kind of things that... The most memorable barbecue. Memorable. The things that always happen at a barbecue that must happen that make barbecues great and amazing. Uh Is that why you're wearing your short shorts? That's why I'm wearing my short shorts. (laughs) So what are the main items and things needed for a, a great and classic barbie? We need good weather. Good yeah. Australian weather, 42 weather. degrees. I, I think 28 degrees Celsius for some reason. I think that's sort it's of perfect. the perfect yep. temperature. Yeah, agreed. No clouds, light breeze. Now, my barbecue is going to have its own weather satellite. Weather satellite? Weather satellite. Own weather site is devoted entirely to this barbecue. We're going to determine exactly the precise day, the best day, within, say, what's, what's the, the optimum time to determine weather? Probably two or three days in advance or maybe the next day. So, you mean NASA's going to put a satellite directly above your barbecue? So you'll know the exact perfect time. The geostationary orbit, which is about 28,000 k's above the okay. Earth. Okay, fantastic. Right, Are they used for weather? Uh, yes, yes. They're not geostationary? Oh, no. No, most weather satellites would orbit, wouldn't do a geostationary. But they have to for mine because we want to know a, a specific <laughs> point on the planet. Right, let's get back to it. Food. A week before the barbie, a questionnaire is sent out to all the guests. Questions include favourite oh, types of meat. You're not doing and this. And how they like their meat cooked. 
Photos of the animals to be slaughtered will be included, and you may choose the animal you wish you wish to be killed. Oh, not just the type of animal, but a specific animal. Specific animal you can choose. So, if you, for example, is Andy, that, yeah, do you, do you really want that to happen? I, I think people like to know what they're going to eat, and I think some people might look at a, a cow and go, "That cow looks a bit depressed and a bit sad." Yeah, you don't want to eat I a want, sad cow. I want the other one that looks a bit sort of happy, or one that's a yeah. bit more muscular, or something like that. Yeah, so I want to give people at least the option. So okay. you're talking about like going into like you do with lobsters. Yes, except I'm sending out photos. I'm not making people go to the farm and or anything point like that. at them and kill them. Go, oh look, I think I'll have that little. Yeah, one. yeah. All right, so. We're going to have one barbecue per food type. I don't want any cross-contamination of meat juices and things like that. I don't want my beef getting mixed up on the chicken or anything yeah. like that. So so that's a lot of barbecues, I know. But uh, money's, uh, money's no object here. Uh, must get the best meat. The best is the freshest. Therefore, we are going to the abattoir to slaughter our animal fresh on the day. Wow. So come along. But what about this, like, 28... 28- yeah. Day aged beef. Yeah, don't stuff. they don't like, they hang good thing, isn't they it? hang meat for a little while? Oh really? Is that the best way to do it? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Alright, we'll do that way. <laughs> beer. Must get beer. Again, questionnaire will determine the beer. All beer is stored in fridges. We're not going to yep. use eskies. What? One thing I get I get a bit sick of this at Barbie's is what? there's eskies and people put way too much ice in and there's no room. For the actual drinks, oh, I get a bit sick of that. Yeah. So the, the 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 Barbies I love is where people have like spare fridges in the house. Yeah. And they're in, <laughs> they're just piled with beer. Yeah. You know I love that. So that's awesome. That's what we're doing at home. Um, I'm gonna feel really self conscious now about my icing of eskies. Yeah. But you'd, you'd rather you don't want a warm beer. Well, the fridge is on, obviously. But not everyone has a spare fridge. What this is no money? Did you you did hear well, me talk about yeah, this barbecue I'm, has its own satellite, Cameron? We can afford <laughs> we can afford a bunch of fridges. I'm reading between the lines because I was the last person to put drinks in an esky for you, <laughs> <laughs> and you did a great job. Oh <laughs> shit! Didn't think of that. Anyway, now Cameron, you're gonna love this. What barbecue is complete without a game of cricket? Oh, boring. Who's playing no. cricket at my Barbie? Not me. The Australian cricket team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And where's the location? The entire Adelaide Oval. Wow. Ooh, nice. That's where it is. Now for the classic part. <laughs> this isn't the so classic. stuff that has to happen and that happens at every barbecue. Right. Every barbecue needs a leery, inappropriate guest yeah. who's a lightweight with the beer, yeah. sort of reminiscent of David Brent, yeah. someone who makes sexist comments followed by long spans of embarrassing silence. <laughs> Now, I was thinking yeah. we could genetically engineer such a person, yeah. raise them in an environment to produce such a lack of awareness, but there is no need. Andy, you're coming to the barbie and you, you will you will fulfill that role more than adequately. You are welcome. Well done. You'll be the slightly bordering on sexual harassment sexist guest causing yep. all that sort of drama. Perfect. You can do it. I can do now, it. Now, we also need someone who is way over the top with anything remotely competitive. <laughs> Someone who is a stickler for the rules and is willing to pack up their bat and ball and leave in a half if they don't get their way. Uh huh. There's only one man for that job. Who? Schmoopstar. Schmoopstar. You're there, mate. You're what? there. You're there arguing with Australian cricketers over the rules of backyard cricket. <laughs> I see one. it. It has to happen, and it happens at every bar. Six and out, mate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it will be. I love it. Okay. Now you also need someone of very poor athletic ability. 
teamed up with someone who is super competitive. And the person who's rubbish at sports, they always drive the really competitive person. Mm, Insane. Crazy. You're both pulling double duty because that's the two of you. Yeah. Go on, me and you on the same team. Yes. (laughs) So I cannot science my Barbie without either of you two present. Yeah. You have to be there to fulfill these classic roles. Yeah. And no one I know could fulfill these classic roles better than you two. I'm really pleased that I am forced to play cricket, but with my own style, which is... Like running away from the ball, oh, and, and you'll be you're on Cameron's team. Yeah. Like it's the winning runs, and Cameron's with you, and he's you're like, not running away from the ball. <laughs> it's already happening. This I really don't like touching the ball. Cameron's rubbing. Cameron <laughs> yeah, is rubbing. Cameron That's is rubbing bad. his <laughs> eyes in pain as he tries to explain the rules of cricket to Andy. Chris, are you are you at this party? Well, are we? We need, of that course, the very last element of any classic Barbie. We need the hero of the Barbie, that Superman. guy or gal who everyone loves. Every who everything they say is witty, pithy, interesting. Pithy means vigorously expressive. Uh, they excel oh, at cooking the food, playing the cricket. Uh, they break up the small and petty fights between Mister Overcompetitive and the uh, unathletic, embarrassing joke maker. We need that hero of the barbecue. Millions of years of natural selection has already made that person. <laughs> it's me. Boom. That's science, Barbie. Well done, Gibbo. He's done it again. There's no science there. He's done it again. He's done it again. <laughs> There's no science. He's yeah. done it again. He's made the best Barbie possible. The subject with science. The subject. We. <laughs> it's science. This. It's not. No, no, he Gibbo's rant hour. There was a satellite in there. I was going to say there was a satellite. <laughs> there was space in yes, there. Yes, I asked you. Space was in there. Do they use geostationary satellites for weather? No, but in my in my particular case, they would have to, as I said, because we need to know. You're yawning. I am. I'm really bored. That we we need to know the weather. <laughs> over a specific point on the planet so um give her there you go thanks thanks listeners i know you support my um awesome science this music is provided by the awesome adelaide-based band voice rom go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website also remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app like our facebook page join in the forum andy mad on net buy our mugs please and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because that helps us a lot. I actually haven't checked for ages. I should go and do, normally I do the ranks. Mm, see what's done. Um, Cameron, sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Publish Perish or Podcast and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, Nescafe. Cameron drinks Nescafe. Ooh. Ooh, Nescafe. I think, you better... I, think I drink that as well, actually. No, you don't. <laughs> don't I? Don't I? Oh, no, Nespresso. Ah, I Nespresso. knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Sorry. Knew Why it. are they all so similar? <laughs> all right, final farewells. Uh, goodbye from T-Bone. Bye. Bye.